I only know one way. That's the Padre way. I'm proud as heck to be a San Diego Padre. I played for one team. I played in one town. Smith is ready. Win waiting to pitch. There's a drive. Right center field. Base hit. And there it is. Ho-ho. Doctor. You can hang a star on that, baby. A star for the ages for Tony Gwynn. Number 3,000. Broadcasting from America's finest digital studios, this is the 5.5 Podcast. Today the guys will talk about the pitching staff, they will have a Padres Twitter segment, and they will talk about recent roster moves. Fuck off, Austin Hedges. Here are your hosts, Danny Ortiz and Eric LeBou. And welcome back everybody to the 5.5 Podcast. After a week off, we are back. I am relatively healthy. Your host, Danny Ortiz, alongside Eric LeBou. Welcome back, Eric. I am so happy, dude. I'm so happy right now. What? Why? We're going to get into a lot of roster moves that uh, happened, and the move for today, Francisco Mejia is back. Thank God yeah. he is back. He's not in the lineup. I will say, back on the bench. Yeah, he's, he's not in the lineup yet, and, and, and that's okay, but he's back. So Austin Hedges has been put on notice. Yes. Fucking Swiss cheese-ass bat, motherfucker. <laughs> Fucking... War is saved by Fangraphs overrating uh, framing and defensive metrics by catchers overrated ass motherfucker Austin Hedges Francisco Mejia <laughs> is back. We finally have a competent catcher. So see, I, I want to say that the the framing runs on Fangraphs overrate, but then when I look up like Yasmani Grandal when he was here and he's put up like. Yeah, you know, when he got benched basically over Rene Rivera and was basically platooning at first, he still put up like almost a three-war year once they put the uh, framing stats in there, despite catching like 60 or 70 games or some ridiculous number. Yeah. So they're only overrated when it's for a Swiss cheese back catcher. Dude, it's like I'm sitting there looking at it and I'm like, I'm, I'm trying to... Couldn't I'm, hit rain in a, in a, uh, in a storm. He can't hit for shit. So I'm no. like, I'm sitting here and I'm wondering like at what point does his terrible offense... Is it offset? Like, at what point? What's the tipping point? And what's the tipping point for me? I've I've found that long time ago. But I'm wondering, like, with the team, what's the tipping point for the Padres? Where they're like, hey, you know what? It's it might be time to cut back on his playing time. And from the indications of them calling up Mejia, they've they've reached that tipping point because his numbers have been bad. And I've been having a field day on Twitter. He's been I've been having bad. so much fun. He did have a good game in that, uh, I think it was that miracle comeback win. Wanking motion. Yes. It's Coors, dude. Yes. Everyone, the Padres scored like 169 runs this, this series. <laughs> Very so, nice. I not mean, only that, not only is it Coors, it's once a week, he will have a decent offensive game. Once a week. And then that's it. And then the other six games he plays, yeah. he's just absolute horse shit. Like, just, he swings at... T- he has, I put this, I don't know if I put this on Twitter or not. I know I mentioned it to you. But, like, for a catcher who's supposedly great at calling a game and whatnot, you would think he'd know a breaking ball when it's coming, right? Because he catches them all day. He has the fucking worst pitch recognition. It's terrible. And Renfro's pretty much, Renfro's up there with the slider. But Hedges, it's like, your profile picture on Twitter is fucking perfect. Yeah. Because I can't remember who tweeted it out, but they're like, oh, What? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it was a check swing. <laughs> and Marver says, "I dare you to use it." I'm like, oh. <laughs> I didn't know that's where it came yeah. from. I'm like, you call that a dare? Like, <laughs> yeah. So no, I love it. And so I was like, oh man, 
Somebody turn this into a strike. Only Austin Hedges can turn this into a strike. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like, I'm I'm really happy about it. And I'm so sick of the tired of, like, oh, hey, uh, haven't you heard? The catcher's involved in every single pitch. And I'm like, his framing is great, but not every single pitch he receives is going to be right on the corner. You There's actually I mean? a lot of calls he wasn't getting. Dude. I know, and I, I, granted, again. Weird. Maybe umpires suck. Yeah, exactly. Maybe, maybe umpires just suck. Yeah. We see Bill Wel- We saw Bill Welke this last series, and we couldn't stop talking about how shitty Bill Welke was. Maybe it's not framing. Maybe these umpires are just trash. Yeah. I do think there is something involved with framing. I do think there is an influence there. But we have shitty umpires, number one. And number two, he's just not... He has a weighted runs created plus of 51. Ouch. He's literally... He is half as good as a league average offensive hitter. Yeah. I don't care how well you frame. Fangrass have him as like one win, which I guess his defense must be elite. But it's like, Jesus almighty. Like tonight, you mentioned tonight's lineup. We have Kinsler, Hedges, Lucchese. There's two automatic outs. Kinsler has been a little bit better, and he's kind of evened out a little bit. It pains you to say that. Uh, I could tell. Only because I really want Urias to come up. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, you know, Ken, but I mean, I don't think anybody thought Kinsler was going to be that bad all year. Like, at some point, he was going to even out and be his usual mediocre, relatively less self. But, like, after you get past him, it's two automatic outs. It, it's, yeah. it's killer. And we have a young catcher who has some – he's got a rocket for an arm. Mm-hmm. Both scouting grades I read, I read the uh, pipeline scouting grades on him when they got him last year, the 2018 versions, when he was still considered a prospect. And then I read the fan graphs, would still put up his uh, 2080 scale on the main page if you search him. 40 to 45 on the glove, which is about average. I will take an average catcher who can learn to frame. It is a skill. JT Real Muto can frame worth his shit for the first couple of years. Mm-hmm. It is a skill. I will take that for that offensive upside. Yeah. Because... If you give me a catch, like I mean, he doesn't have to do much. He can hit 270, which with his control, back control and contact skills, I think he can do, and have a 300 on base. He's probably going to slug like 440, 450. For a catcher, that's amazing. Yeah. I will take the hit on defense. Thank you. Well, the thing is, people are going to say, like, oh, Mejia's not hitting either. <sighs> have you seen Mejia's numbers? And it's like, dude, like, he hasn't got a chance. Like, let's give these guys a chance. And, like, I don't want. A- I don't want to see Mejia every single day. Like I, I want it to be a pretty even split. And I don't. If, if they're fifty, if they're 70, 50, 50 I'm fine. Yeah, I would I love, would take it. I would love sixty forty Mejia. But if it's fifty fifty, I can live with that. Because I, I mean, I'll, I'll give, I'll give it to you guys. Like the defense from Hedges, yeah. I mean, it's, it's great. Whatever. It's, it's not what Mejia has. So. I'm okay with that. Like, I'm okay with sacrificing a little bit of the bat to get Hedges' defense in there every once in a while. But I want to see Mejia majority of the time. I want to see 60-40. I would, I'll settle for 50-50, but I want to see 60-40. As do I. And, and I don't know if Andy's going to do that. I don't think I have he's my going doubts. to. I think Andy, like, I, I know people question, oh, Andy, does Andy Green have the balls to pull a veteran? He was real quick on the plug with Chase Headley for Villanueva. But I think what, what Green gets into is that he likes certain players, and he just kind of runs with that. I don't want Mejia to be the next Grandal trade where we give up on a guy, even though he's clearly got something, because the pitching staff likes him, right? Like that's why Grandal's not here, right? Because the, well, he wouldn't be here free agency, but that's why he left. That's why we traded him because Bud Black basically let the pitchers pitch who they wanted to, yeah. And journeyman Rene Rivera got the gig, and then I think Grandal's last year here. He played 128 games. He caught like 75 percent of them. <laughs> And yeah. was still a three-win player. Yeah, I felt like he was at first base. A lot. A yeah. lot. Well, we had so. him in yonder, so we had the Cuban connection over there. Yeah. But, um, really, no, I really excited. The, really excited. When I, I want to see today. what me asked to offer. And like I said, like, I'm okay. I, I, I would take 50-50. But, like, somebody was like, <clears throat> oh, you know, me, he has opportunities. And I'm like, dude, 
Like, when Mejia went down, he made the opening day roster. He started on the 30th, I believe. So he made the roster from March 29th up to he got hurt, up to when he got hurt, May 10th, I think. It's about a month or so. Mm-hmm. He had like 50 some odd plate appearances. Austin Allen, uh, yeah, Austin Allen has been up here for about a month because he came up when he went down, when Mejia went down. He had like 40 some odd plate appearances. In like half the time. Yeah. So it's like, no, he has not gotten an opportunity. And Austin Allen hit like a buck thirty-three his first couple of weeks. Well, what's the saying? You need what? Fifteen hundred plate appearances before you figure was, out. I think that was the Nick Hundley excuse. First it was a yeah. thousand and then Hundley yeah. sucked again, so then they changed it to fifteen hundred. <laughs> it's hard to keep track. But mm-hmm. either way either way slice it. I mean he is not even close to that. So to sit no, there and like say this is what he is, it's, it's foolish. Yeah. So I'm really happy to see that. I'm happy there's uh, some pitching moves uh, that are on the horizon here. Uh, Logan Allen's making his MLB debut tomorrow, Tuesday, which is very, very exciting. So Yes. Mark Avichis is done. Thank God. <laughs> for now. He's option to try AAA, so. I think he's just done. Yeah, honestly. I mean, I I hope so. To be honest with you, like we we saw the start at Coors Field, and it was like, yeah, I mean, maybe it's Coors, or maybe it's just the fact that Margavichus isn't that good, or maybe he's just not ready. Like he hopped what two levels um, to make his major league debut this year. He made the opening day roster, and it was like, yeah, Quantrill and Logan Allen struggled at the end of spring. They had one bad start each, but it's just like. I don't understand the the thought process of having a guy like Margavichus who's not overpowering in any sense. He doesn't do anything He's overly Eric great. Stoltz, yeah, I don't I don't get the thought process of having a guy like that make the roster over one of these other two guys. Like I feel like how it is now with Logan Allen getting his start and Margavichus going to AAA, like it should have been this way all along. And I'm I'm excited to see how it plays out. Here's why I'm okay with them going with Margavichus first. I view it as like they value they obviously value Quantrill a lot who's their number one overall pick in probably like first real like rebuild right. draft. And then of course Allen looks like eventually he might be, after the first two have failed, the centerpiece for the Kimbrel trade. Oh the first three, excuse me. Right. So he might end up being the the saving grace for this Kimbrel trade. Um and I think they value their development more. So the idea is let's cause Quantro, I mean let's be honest, like going into this year, I was about ready to jump off the bandwagon. I think I was the only one left, except maybe some of the Mad Friars guys. Right. You know, as far as Qualtrough goes, because he wasn't throwing hard, he's still all over the place, but at least there's some velocity and a wipeout changeup. So, you know, some upside there. But I think they wanted to wait to have him develop and see what he had. They wanted to take their time with Ellen, want him to develop, and not rush them up to the big leagues when they're not quite ready. So, Margavich is, is like the next guy. He's going to be 23 this year. Yeah, you throw him and maybe maybe you find something, right? Like Lucchese moved really quick. Mm-hmm. So maybe you find a Lucchese. It's like, yeah, he's not going to be great, but he'll give us some innings. He'll be solid. But uh, not the case. He fucking sucks. <laughs> I looked up. I looked up. For people who want to say, oh, let him go through the order, guys. Let him go. Got to learn. I, I love you, Bob Scanlon. But this whole let him pitch through the, uh, through the order, you know, let him figure it out. It is I don't think that applies terrible. to everyone. It doesn't apply to everyone. Or I should say it shouldn't apply it to everyone. It shouldn't apply to everyone. No, it should apply to the guys who look like they're going to be really good, like Chris Paddock. I'd be interested to see Paddock, and I know why they're, and we'll touch on him in a little bit, but you make sense why you don't let him go two times based on injury history and whatnot. Mm-hmm. But some guys, like uh, like Mr. Margavich, is who I'm about to show you right now, some guys should not go through the lineup at all, if uh, not once. So this is Margavich's OPS. First, second, and third time through the order. First time through the order. Fresh looks. They haven't seen him, right? Other than warm-up pitches. OPS is 762. Yikes. (laughs) That's the best he's got. The second time through the order, it gets even better. 981. Ooh, okay. Okay, not not trending in the right direction. No, the third time, they're basically Ted uh, Ted Williams, Babe Ruth, and Barry Bonds' love child. No, they can't do that. 
one one point one six nine. Ah, oh, God, nice. <laughs> yeah, that's that's uh, that's a tough scene. That is a rough scene. That is a not a major leaguer scene. Yeah, that's that, that's terrible. I'll take four A starting pitcher for five hundred, Bob. Well, you were saying before we started recording that you want to see him put in the Erlins. I thought about it until I looked up his numbers and thought, meh. Well, he's only going to see people one time. Yeah, he's going to see the lineup one and time, give up maybe a twice. Seven sixty nine OPS. <laughs> no thanks. The, the I think that, they should use somebody for that role. I've decided that Mark Gavich is not that guy. Maybe Lauer. Maybe Lauer would be better in that role because he's yeah. about a replacement level pitcher right now. Hopefully, we'd get ninety five mile an hour Lauer. Yeah, that. yeah, you might. Yeah, Hopefully. see, see but. the thing with Mark Gavich is like I don't even think I've ever seen him hit ninety. I feel like he's. Also, the scary thing about those numbers for Margavichus is like he's getting hit pretty hard the first time through the order, and these are also guys he hasn't been through the league yet. Exactly, <laughs> so these are guys that like fresh, you've never seen the him. Freshest of looks. Yeah, it's, it's not like hey, you know, we just saw him two weeks ago. We know what we know what the scrub has. No, this is the first time we've ever seen him, and, and they're just teeing off. Dude. Yeah. So. I don't know, man. I, I He's down in AAA. You know, you see kind of uh, Quantrill being the yo-yo a little bit, going up and down and up and down. I, and I hope that Margavichus stays down in the minor leagues for a little while, but... I don't know, man. I, I think you nailed the. I think you nailed it when you said that the uh, the Padres and valuing his development. You know what I mean? Like, I'm kind of wondering. I'm like, if they value his development, is El Paso the best place to send him? So then I'm like, well, maybe he's not going to be there that long. So maybe Allen makes a start and they switch it up and they just kind of. Mm, I don't think Mar. I think Mark Gavich is going to be there. Here's the thing: why I can see, I think it's vice versa. I don't. I think they value all their players' development, but I think that. Well, realis- duh. Yeah, obviously, but I think realistically. Obviously, some guys are going to be more valuable than others, and they already know, like they already know, like mm-hmm. who's going to have the lead, long leash, who, who isn't. Like Paddock has really struggled. Like his, like I feel like ever since Dodger Stadium, like he has not been the usual guy. That was our fault for showing up. Yes, indeed okay. it was. Indeed it was making the trip, uh-huh. making the trip. Yep. I blame it on my concept jersey. Yep. But um, yeah, but he hasn't been that. Like he faced the Dodgers, he got smoked. He faced the Yankees, he got smoked. I can't remember another start in there where he didn't pitch that well. So it's like you could argue like, hey, maybe a demotion to like double A or triple A, maybe work on some kinks. Like wouldn't be such a bad idea. And he controls innings a little bit and whatnot. But like I feel like with Margavichis, like they know, like, dude, he's a four A guy. Like he's right. Walker Lockett. Or who's the guy they brought up, I think, last year, AJ Kennedy. Kennedy. Brett Kennedy, thank yeah. you. There's another guy down there, I forget his name, but you know, those are those guys. Like, maybe we have a Lucchese. Maybe he can stick. Maybe he's better than the stuff indicates because Spin rate, deception, location, something, right? Margavich um, isn't that guy. He's not. No, he's I mean, not and it was guy. worth a shot because yeah. you let the other guys you really like, like Quantrill develop, like Allen, who you waited on for a while mm-hmm. to make their, their debut. And uh, I, I think that's, again, not that they don't value Margavich, he has value. He's like a 4A guy who can come up. But I or think, he's a throw in in a trade. For being honest. He's not even that good. It'd be like a salary dump trade. Like, hey, well, if you eat like seventy five percent of Will Myers' contract, we'll also give you more Gavichis, and maybe you can make something of him. Yeah. So it's like a lottery ticket type of thing. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But I mean, you mentioned Paddock. So Paddock got uh, sent down to High A Elsinore, which I was initially like, my, my knee jerk reaction was like, what? <laughs> what is it? And then, being the well-informed, thoughtful fan that I am, I the like, fan oh, yeah. graphs reader that you are, yeah, I was like, oh yeah, I mean that makes sense. Like they're they're trying to limit his. We innings. knew it was coming. He's yeah. not going to start down there. Obviously, yeah, they're going to limit his innings, and you know he's down there in single A. And for like I put this, I put this out there on Twitter. I was like, limit innings, check, and then I put um, controlling service time, check. check. And someone pointed out, they're like, that's not how it works. And I'm like, wait a minute, like. 
he only has to be down there, what, 20-something days? Rehab starts as 30. I don't know about the But 20. he's not oh. rehabbing. He oh, you're option. talking about like to gain an extra year yeah, of control. Yeah, to gain an extra year of control. I don't know. To be honest with you, I'm not sure how it works, but I think Major League Service Time, I'm pretty sure, 95% sure, that Major League Service Time, you have to be either on the injured list or you have to be on the major league roster. It's the only way to accrue service time. Well, yeah. So I think you're right. He's not accruing right now. No, he's point. not. No, so he's not. But if he needs what twenty something days yeah. the off of the twenty five man or off of you know the major uh, league roster, yeah. he's gonna he's gonna inch closer to that. You know what I mean? And who's to say that they won't do this again later in the year? Like, hey, All-Star we're break, gonna use right? this later. Yeah. Like, let's say they hey, bring him gonna, up next week. We're gonna and option him down. And hey, guess what? Yeah. Hey, guys, remember when he opened the season on the team? Remember that feel good story in Seattle? Yeah, that was awesome. Hey, we still get an extra year of control because we're limiting how much he's throwing. I can see that being a realistic opportunity, and I don't hate it. I don't like, either. I mean, we knew the, it was coming. It might as well be like at the end of his deal, he's gonna be like a thirty-year-old starter. Which I mean, to get that extra year, it's kind of whatever. But I'm kind of wondering. Like, part of me thinks it's stupid to think this, but another part of me doesn't. Like, I kind of wonder if he actually is gonna get a start down there. And Elsinore. He hasn't been great, and here's why I say it. Here's why I say it. He hasn't been stellar his last few outings. No, he's, he has not. He's kind of, he's kind of. I don't want to say falling off a cliff, but it's it's going downhill. He's slightly. come back down to earth a little bit. So, I don't know. Like, is that is that just him being a rookie? Is that him not having the third pitch? Um, what's what's going on with that? People getting looks at him? I'm not sure. And so that's why I'm thinking, I'm like, man, if he's down there, like, number one, he's he's down there to limit the innings. We know that. But maybe you give him a start. Maybe you give him two starts where it's like, hey, we don't care about the results. We want to see you using a breaking ball in X, Y, and Z situation. You know what I mean? And this is even if he starts. Because I think if I had to lean towards something, I would say he's not going to throw while he's down there. Because you're not going to limit his innings and then send him down to single A. Yeah. You know, but... If he were to start down there, I would kind of like to see them say, hey, you're going to get a start, maybe two starts. Like, throw the shit out of your breaking ball. Like, I want to see you use it in counts where you'd never use it because we need to get you used to using your breaking ball in these certain situations. And I would kind of like to see that. I mean, I'm not I'm not looking at the final box score. I don't give a shit what it says. I'm interested to see what they think about that and see how that plays out for him. Yeah, I think if they were going to do that, though, they do what they did with Tatis and Cordero. Maybe they option him to, like, rookie ball. <laughs> What do you mean? Like send him down to do? I don't know if they're gonna pitch him in Elsinore. I don't know. I don't. I, I think you're right. I'm just about, saying. I'm just saying it wouldn't be the worst idea. No, absolutely not. And you're, you're putting you in can a, work in yeah. you can work on the things you need to work on in games that don't matter. Like I personally think with him that he's going downhill a little bit. And I mentioned this a few podcasts ago, and so I'll pull a Mickey Coke. Like I said a few podcasts ago, I was like, maybe Chris Paddock catches too much of the zone. Like maybe he's too much in the strike zone. And then Mark Grant brought it up. Yeah. So I'm thinking, I'm like, maybe... He throws his changeup over the plate a lot. He does. And it gets hung. He does. A lot. I so, mean, not a lot, but when it gets hung, I mean, it's just a cement mixer up there. So why not have him work on that in games that don't matter? Yeah. Is my point. Like, I 100% agree with that. It's that not the end process. of the world if he pitches down there. It's not. I don't think he will, but I would like to see him get a start or two down and there. And for all we know... Because I don't care about innings. Yeah, I don't either. <laughs> I don't care. I don't care about innings Couldn't either. care less. Yeah. And, and I think it. I don't think it's unwise. I mean, it's, it's shady as fuck, but... It's not unwise for the Potters to say, you know, he's going to be 29 as a free agent. We want to keep him through age 30 season. Why not? I mean, if you're don't a pod- hate the player, hate the game. If you're a Padre fan, like you want to keep your best players for as long as possible, right? Well, this is going to be the, do the trick. And that could change. You yeah. know, the the CBA that could change. You yeah, don't know. But can. as of right now, that's how it is. So why not? You know, as far as like, I think you're right as like why he hasn't done as well. Number one, the Yankees. Even their C team, which is basically what they've been down to, destroyed. Yeah, they're 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 destroying people, right? Like they're finding random guys. Like 
I remember when they got Luke Voigt. I'm like, right. oh, that's not a bad platoon pickup. Jesus Christ, the guy's <laughs> running away with the damn the starting gig. Yeah. So, I mean, the Yankees are, I mean, they're they're killing it, right? So, uh, but I mean, he's faced the Giants before. He faced the Giants. He gave up uh, three runs and five. He faced Philly. They killed him five runs and four. These are earned runs. Four runs against the Yankees in five, which isn't awful. It's just not very good. And then, like, in L.A., he gave up, uh, well, he only gave three earned runs, but he didn't get through the fifth. So, I think it's a combination of the Dodgers are really good. And they're probably the best, most well-ran organization, uh, clearly in the division, if not the National League. Um, the Diamondbacks have seen him before. The Giants have seen him. I feel like they've seen him a lot. Um, and then, of course, he ran into a bus on like the Yankees. So and the Phillies, who can yeah. hit. So um, I think it's a combination of that. There's more video getting out. You're like, hey, he throws a lot of strikes. He'll so be aggressive early. You know, he likes to throw his changeup in this count. Be aggressive. So. I think really that's what it's coming down to, and that he needs to just make adjustments. For all we know, he could be throwing like simulated batting practice down there. Yeah, he could. Like, be. We don't know. Yeah, um, I don't know true. if people have access to the field that quickly, but I mean, he could be doing that. Where it's like, okay, here's what we want to do: set guys up and start throwing pitches out of the zone. Try to get guys to chase. Right. You know, you don't have to pound. You don't. It's like Mark Grant says a lot: like you don't have to throw a strike to get strike three. Yeah. You know, you can expand yeah, the zone a little bit when you're when you're ahead in the count, and he's got the pinpoint command where if he needs to throw a strike, like he's got the command. So. I'm okay with him being down there, and I'd be okay with him getting a spot started too, like two or three innings, and get him out of there. And by the way, you have Gore and Patino down there who both throw sliders, so yeah. maybe maybe take some notes. From yes, those kids. Yes, please. Yeah, I've been preaching cutter slash slider for a while now. I love that. Yes, I love that. absolutely. So, um, other moves to be made. Uh, <laughs> Franchi's on the sixty-day IL, dude. What I'm, a bummer, right? Okay, I'm about to throw a hot take out here, and I don't know how hot it is. I'm almost done with Franchi. I'm getting really sick of his shit. Here's a hotter take. I'm almost right next to you. <laughs> I'm so sick of this bullshit. It's like, hey, this guy, It's he's he's like the ultimate blue balls. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, he has all the promise in the world, but he can't stay on the field. Whether it's his fault or not, he can't stay on the field. And to be honest, I don't even know what his injury is now. I just, all I heard was, hey, Franchi got pulled and he's not doing great. What is his leg? Like, leg. There's, there's always something with Franchi. It's always something. And, like, he hasn't really proved himself either. When he came up and he started the season, he had some good ABs. He worked some solid counts. He has a 20% walk rate in 20 plate appearances. He worked some, he worked some solid counts, dude. And, and it's just like... He was raking when he was up here. <laughs> you see the promise. You see the promise. And then shit like that happens, dude. And it's like, God. And it's not his fault. Like, we're not blaming Franchi Cordero for his body betraying him. But it's kind of like with the whole... Uh, I remember Brian Kenny had mentioned, like... He wasn't talking about Carlos Quentin, but it made me think of Carlos Quentin. It's like, you know, to a point, you know, health is a tool. You, know, you yeah. can't... Like, I look at a guy like Eric Davis and think, man, what could a guy like Eric Davis have been... Had his body not betrayed him, yeah. I feel like that's where we're Bo gonna Jackson. be. Like, yeah, well, Bo Jackson got hurt, right. right? But it wasn't like it was like a fluke, a freak injury. Whereas, like, like Carlos Quinn just kept getting hurt. It wasn't like one thing, right? Like it's just constant. And then his right. knee went, and then that was it. Like with Franchi, it's like last year was his elbow or something like that, his tricep. This year, same thing, some elbow or tricep. Now it's the leg. It's like, and he hurt his leg hitting a bomb. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like his last at bat, he went yard. Yeah. I saw it on Instagram. Follow the uh, follow El Paso on Instagram. They're great. They put a lot of stuff up. That Selena jerseys the other night. Oh, but nice. um, yeah, it was very nice. But uh, you know, it's like guy hit a bomb. How do you get hurt hitting a bomb, Kendris Morales? Jesus. Yeah. Good dude. grief. And it's like I really like the tools. I know there's there's some toxins. I don't remember his name. I'm sorry, but he made a fair point. Franchi has been shit in center, but I believe in the tools. I think learning reads, getting better routes, being positioned better is a skill, not a talent. I think you can work with his defense. He's got. 
blazing fucking speed. Well, yeah. I mean, and and I like the idea of him and Margot kind of tandeming out there. It's just like he can't stay healthy, and yeah. we're in such a dire need for like a regular center fielder. Well. Myers was shit in center field, too, until he wasn't. He still is not good in center field. He's not terrible, though. He's not good. But you're right. He's not awful, but that's because he's limiting. And I do think that, you know... He's passable. Yeah. Okay, we'll put it this way. He's He's good for a spot start. Although, he looks really bad on some plays. Well, do you think Franchi could be Myers? I think he could be better than Myers. Well... I think he's got louder Unfortunately, tools. we won't know because he's on no. the 60-day. But you said it was what? It was backdated? I believe it was Jeff Sullivan who put it on Twitter when people were panicking about Franchi going on 60-day <laughs> IL that it is backdated to his original injury date because he's on a rehab assignment. So technically, he was still on the uh, IL, the injured list. Yeah. Um, so hopefully it is backdated. But, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure it is. But still, it's a bummer because we are in dire need. I've stood up for Will Myers. I like Will, but like if Franchi's up, like I'm sorry, Will. Like unless it's a righty, a lefty on the mound, like we got to get this guy some at bats. Yeah, and we need a real center fielder. You can come in later. Yeah, maybe exactly. you know, maybe give Haas a couple days off here and there. Yeah, I mean, no, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. This I'm not why sure. We can't have nice things. <laughs> I would love for Franchi to work out. I want nothing more than Franchi to work out. But it's just he's frustrating to me, man. And he's almost to the point where it's like, and I mean. I don't know. This this is kind of really being dramatic, but you know how I've said before, like Espinoza is a guy that I'm excited about, but he's kind of like way in the back of my mind. Like he's so even far, further. so far in the back of my mind, I'm like I forget that you exist until you pop up on the radar. Franchi is teetering on that for me. Yeah, that's where he's at. But I, I love I the tools. I love the tools. I just I don't know, man. I don't. I don't know. I just, maybe maybe he gets maybe he gets a year a solid year in AAA. Hey, prove that you can stay on the field. Hit 500 bombs. But he's done that already. Like when? He, um, let me pull up. I just had his numbers up here. He got hurt last year, and he's hurt this year. I th- was he hurt the year before? I don't think he was hurt the year before. I think he just struggled. He was, it was a little too early on his. Uh, I don't know on his ascension. I just feel like I, I see everyone saying like, "Oh yeah, Franchi's the guy. He's the guy." I'm like, "Is he really the he guy?" He played 123 games in 2017. So it's not like he's two years ago. To, yeah, that's two years ago. And you know what? You know what that is in, in three months. Baseball wise, that's three years ago. Yeah, that's okay? true. That's true. He was healthy up until last year. That's the thing, though. Like, so he comes up from rookie ball. Let's see. In 2014, he played 80 games, but he's in low A, high A. 2015, he played 126. 2016, he combined at two levels for like another 130. And then uh, even more than that, because he played in AAA that year. Right. 2017 was his debut year. He played uh, 93 in AAA and 30 in uh, San Diego. So there's another 120. And then last year is just kind of when it all went downhill. Even then, he was walking last year, too. That's the bummer, too, is that the biggest thing is the walk rate, right? Like, right, you know, he's got to draw more walks, got to get himself into leverage counts. He had a 9.1% walk rate last year. He 307 on base. It was okay, 439 slugging. But if that's your center fielder, and he's at least halfway oh, mediocre. That. Yeah, absolutely. I'll with his that. base run, with his speed and possible base running. Is there a spot for him, given all the tools, assuming health, is there a spot for him on the corner, on a corner outfield position? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Really? So basically, so. you're. Well, I mean, I don't want to say stuff. Objectively, but like if if you just look at the roster objectively, yes. But but like where? I'd put him probably. Well, it's kind of, I think you can mix in at bats with him. Maybe not a corner outfield spot because you have Hunter and Reyes out right. there. Um, but I mean, I still think you can mix and in at bats. And that's still Myers. So yeah. you're assuming Myers is your everyday center fielder in that case. Honestly, I'm okay with them kind of spot starting Myers at this point. I know the contract doesn't dictate it, but. 
I don't think that's I, a bad look, man. I, at this point, that's man, a bad I'm look. just like, I, I, the way I look at it, you got to do what's best for the team. I don't give a shit how much money you make. Yeah. Like uh, last year, like when when Hosmer was really struggling, I'm like, I don't care how much money you make. Like Myers is clearly a little bit better. You might as well give some spot starts to a guy at first base and make some more room in the outfield. And guess what didn't happen? Yeah, that didn't happen. That didn't happen. No, it didn't. Exactly. And Hosmer's gotten off to a good start here. Yeah. Like Renfro, prime example. Like I know people are real. I, Hunter Renfro has been amazing, right? Let me ask you this: Given this last, I was gonna, I was gonna save this for you, but given this last two weeks since we've done our last podcast, I at that point I was team. You cannot trade Renfro yet. You got to see what you have, and he has went off. Has your position changed on whether or not they should sell high for Hunter Renfro? No, absolutely not. No, really? So no. you would still deal him? No, I, would, I would not be like, no oh yeah, whatsoever. go ahead and take him. I would have no qualms if you get what you need. Like, let's put this way. Would you trade Hunter Renfro for three years of Corey Kluber straight up? Because I would. Three years for Kluber, and you're giving up on Renfro. Four years of Renfro. Let's, let's, let, me, let me go over my logic before you answer the question. Because here's the thing, and I said this a couple weeks ago when we potted about it. I like Hunter Renfro. I've always liked Hunter Renfro. Even, you know, I have stayed, been a little harsh on him at times, saying, like, you know, he, he repeated double-A. It's a fact. He was in double-A back-to-back seasons. It felt like they put him in triple-A just to get his confidence up. Like, the shine has wore, wore off on him as a prospect. He is exactly what they've all said he is. He has light tower power. He swings and misses a ton, and he can't draw a walk. His walk rate's down to 6.7% and plummeting. He's a 305 on base. Now, because he's hitting, like, Three out of every ten fly balls into the moon. You know, he's slugging six uh, forty-seven. My issue with him is that I love how you just say like uh, six forty-seven. No, no, like, no that's not incredible. It is incredible. It's absolutely that's incredible. Fucking incredible. It's absolutely incredible. Absolutely, but he's still not our best hitter. Like I think Tatis has a higher. That doesn't matter. I, I know. It, the thing is, is that you don't <laughs> have to be a team's best hitter to be you untouchable. Don't, but my issue with Renfro is that nothing has changed. Right, like. When you look at the underlying stuff, nothing has changed. He's still not drawing a lot of walks. He's swinging at more pitches out of the strike zone now than he was last year. I think his end zone, I'm pulling it up right now. He's gotten zone. a lot better defensively. He has. He absolutely. brings a lot. He, he's actually, I can't believe I'm saying this about Renfro. He brings value, dude. Oh, no. I'm he not, brings and, a and lot I'm of not, value. And I'm not saying he doesn't. I always thought he's a valuable player. Like, he's a val- he's he's a better version of Trumbo because he can actually play defense, right? He's, like, he's not stuck at first base or DH. My issue with Renfro is that. He has to slug five-something or better for him to be worth it. And I don't know, with his approach being what it is, if he's going to keep that up. That's my issue. Like, he's swinging at more balls out of the strike zone. Swinging at more in the strike zone, which is great. But he's just swinging more in general. I don't care how he gets the numbers. Yeah. The fact is that he's putting up numbers now where I want to I want to keep him, dude. He has four years of control. I am okay with keeping I'm not against keeping him at all. Like, if you don't find... like. For me, the Padres... I'm listening. I listen on everyone. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I don't care who it is. I'll listen on everyone. That's where my stance hasn't changed is that I'm not going to say, like, trade him and dump him for anything. Yeah. Hedges? Yeah. See you later. Yeah. Because to me, like, I just... I can't see Hedges. I think Renfro's peaking, but even if he's Renfro from, like, last year, I still think, worst case scenario, if he's... I get on at a 280, 290 clip and I slug 480 to 500, like, his career numbers right now, he's still a 14% above league average. That's kind of pushed up by this year's ridiculous year. But even last year, he was like a two-win player, and that's what he put up. He put up a 114, you know, weighted runs created plus, 14% above percent above league average. With his defense, yeah, he's easily a two-and-a-half-win player. Easily. So If this defense is real. So I'm all for keeping him, if they keep him. But I'm not saying, like, I want to keep him. I want them to do what's going to put them in the best position to win. Like, if the Indians said, hey, we'll take on Renfro and we'll ship you Kluber, 
one for one. Would you say yes or no? Do you think they would even do one for one? Cleveland is or, or trying to shed money. Or do so. you mean like hypothetically straight up, would you do it? If, if the offer was on the table. I don't think it's unrealistic that they wouldn't do it. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's just straight up offer on the table. Like if Cleveland's GM, whoever the hell it is, called you today and said, hey, we need outfielders. We, we want to dump some payroll. We'll trade you Kluber for uh, Renfro straight up. I'm going to be honest, dude. Like, this answer is a lot harder for me now than it than it has been in the past. Like, for sure. But now, Kluber wasn't very good this year in seven games. Just, like, just throwing that out there. I'm, dude, We the Padres need pitching. Okay, the Padres need pitching real bad. So that's why I'm leaning towards yes. But also, I'm just kind of like, we need to score runs too. <laughs> and Hunter Renfro hits massive dongs. So he part does. of me is like, hey, maybe we can wait on pitching. Maybe we can win pitching. Maybe we get a free agent this year in the offseason. But who's Maybe in the we market? trade for someone. Zach Wheeler? Maybe we are Cole? able to construct another trade. So I hate that I'm saying this, but I would probably say no to that trade. I would, That's fair. I would probably I mean, say no. It, it, I'd have to think about it for a long time. Here's my thing. But I'd probably say no. Here, I want to see what they have in Renfro. I want to see if he's going to continue to go upward. Maybe this isn't the peak for him. Who knows? Who knows? Players have outplayed their proje- their projections all the time. But see, I don't think he's outplaying his projections. I think people already knew he's a low on base, high homer guy, and especially with the ball being juiced. And to his credit, I will give him credit, he's making contact more in general. Like, he's still striking out a lot, and he has terrible plate pitch selection. Like, they throw him those sliders, and he Tough just looks shit. awful. Yeah. Oh, well. But he is making more contact in and outside of the strike zone. I just don't know, like, how much better do you expect him to get? I mean, he's basically an elite power hitter at this point. It's the question is, how long is he going to hold? Right. That's my question. Yeah, and, that's fair. And, and I agree that, you know, if they hold on to him, I'm okay with that. My other argument would be that we have, like, a, the same guy in Fran Mil Reyes, who still walks a little bit more despite he's struggling right now. But, like, Fran Mil Reyes is the same guy. Fran Mil Reyes' average on balls and plays dropped 100 points. Even if it evened out by, like, 40 extra points, he's right up there with Renfro. Yeah. And he's younger. And I think if you move him to left field, you know, you hide him a little bit better because he's not very good in right. That's but fair. I think that's what gives you the ability to move Renfro. You don't have to. The one that's killing us is, I mean, Hosmer's killing us because it moved Myers. <laughs> but now it's flip-flop. Myers decided to be the dead weight this year. Yeah. But because you have Hosmer's Reyes, fine, for yeah, the record. Hosmer's fine, for the record. Hosmer's just fine. Ever since he uh, fell down in the sauna. Yep. <laughs> yep. But because you have Reyes, I think it gives you the option to move Renfro and not have it hurt as much. Because it does, A, number one, it creates a little bit more room in the outfield. And they do need a center fielder. And B, you can cash in, but you don't have to. Right? Like, they're in a position where everybody's getting a lot of at-bats. Renfro's still getting a lot of at-bats. He'll still get the day off here and there. Reyes hurt himself on the dive. But, like, even then, he was still getting a lot of at-bats. They figured out a way to get Myers in the lineup. Margot's the one that's really been the odd man out, yeah, unfortunately. True. true. Um, because I still have a little bit of faith in Margot. But Well, that makes one of us. Well, I, I see the catch he made in Colorado in the Miracle Game, and I think to myself, like, we have, nobody, we, have no, but we have nobody else on the team that's going to make that catch. Nobody. Austin Hedges catches that and frames it. <laughs> Gets a strike call from yeah, left center field. Exactly. But it's like, if Margot doesn't catch that, the game's probably over. That probably leads to the walk-off run. But he caught it. So it makes me think, like, man, I really wish... You know, he'd get more playing time. Really, he needs to go down to AAA to rebuild his swing. Yeah. Maybe next year. But my point is here is that I still I still think Renfro is a great trade chip, but he you is. don't sell low. He is. No a prospects. I don't want any prospects. We have enough of those. Like, if we're going to get somebody, and I'm not talking like Marcus Stroman, right? Like, I'm not talking Marcus Stroman because, to me, like the one and a half years, Kluber comes for two and a half. 
You get him half of this year, plus I think through 2021. It's got to be something like that. Like Noah Syndergaard. Did you trade Renfro straight up for Noah Syndergaard? I'm not big on Syndergaard. I am because I think he's good. Yeah. But I don't think the Padres need like. I feel like for the stuff he has, if the stuff he has, he should have better numbers. That's just what I'm saying. Yeah, but it also could be you know maybe the, just the way the Mets have him pitch and have him yeah. use him. You know maybe the That's Padres true. figure out the Padres have been brilliant yeah. in finding two pitch guys right. Like when Chassin came here, it's like, hey hombre, why don't you throw your slider more often? Oh, bro. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you know Tyson Ross, hey why don't you throw your slider more often? Right, yeah. like. Hey, Matt Whistler, let's throw your slider. Yeah. Hey, Kirby, here's a split. Just throw that, right? Like, the two-pitch guys, they figure it out. And I'm pretty sure Thor is, like, fastball slider. Yeah. I can see them, like, or maybe, like, hey, uh, why don't you teach Chris Paddock over here the slider, and he'll teach you the changeup. And uh, that'll all be good to go here. But so, uh, I, I think there could be a fit there, and, you know, they need to replace uh, a slugging outfielder who, does, who has a cannon for an arm in Cespedes because he's toast. So they can get uh, Hunter Renfro instead. Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe. You never know. One thing that I, I want to bring up before we get to the Padre Twitter segment, and there's there's a lot of calls today, and we, and we do appreciate you. <laughs> I'm bummed there's no Sweeney after dark calls. None. Yeah. None. Yeah, so we're probably not going to be able to get to all of them, but we do. Those of you that called, that's greatly appreciated. But one thing that I wanted to bring up, dude, the thing that has made me so happy watching this team is the return of Fernando Tatis Jr. Oh, it my God. In Insane. Breath of fresh air. Watching what he can bring to this team with just himself, dude. Just his pure presence on the field and in the lineup. It's insane what he brings to this team. Like, <clears throat> like having to quantify his value, it's just like I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like... I'm looking at the numbers that he puts up, and and our uh, our pal Rand Platty put out there today on he's Twitter. He's on pace for eight war. <laughs> he's on pace for eight point one, and I'm not I'm not a war guy. We all know this, but in this point, yes, you are. In this it, instance, it supports my argument, so I'll give you his war. Exactly, he what is I was on pace eight point one war per six hundred fifty at bats. That's insane. Now, do you think I'll ask you, and, and I'm I have an angle with this that I'm going. Jesus, do you so think good. at that pace is that the type of player he is? Yes. You think that's sustainable for him? Yes, and here's why. So you think he's going to be an eight-win player? I think he's an MVP caliber player. That's a, so, he, so you think, and I'm, and I'm just asking, yes or no, do you think he can maintain over the course of a whole season, going forward for the next few years, can he maintain an 8.1 war for six, per 650 at-bats? All up the ante. I think he can be better than that. Slightly. Wow. But yes. Okay. So that's, okay. All right. So I was going to say, if that's his peak... And you want to cash in on players at their peak. Should we trade for Here's the, No, I'm just kidding. I'm yeah, just I was going to say, oh, God. <laughs> I'm just I was Come on, dude. The guy's <laughs> fucking 20, 20, 20 years old. It's no, a little different. I'm kidding. Renfro's, almost, Renfro's closer to 30. Actually, quite the opposite. So I was <clears> talking <throat> here, and I'm, I'm wondering how soon is too soon to, to approach him for an extension. Like, when Dennis Lynn had uh, that article about him and, you know, him and his dad in The Athletic, they mentioned in Tatis Sr., he said, hey, you know what? Yeah, we'd be open to it, but that's up to the team. That's up to A.J. Preller and, and ownership, whether or not he's going to stay here long term. So it sounds like he's open to the idea of it. And he's a young kid, and everyone's like, well, you know, he comes from money, so I'm but not But it's sure. not his money, guys. It's not his money. Like, these guys... Like, he, he's a proud dude. He's going to want to build, you know, blaze his own his own trail. So I'm thinking, I'm like, man, like, if you approach this guy, I'm wondering how much it would take. And everyone's like, oh, give him 10 years, $200 million. I don't think it would take that much. I was actually going to say, I was thinking about this uh, while I was taking my usual, uh, you know, uh, morning uh, stew there, that I think it would take, like, close to that. I don't think you can sign him 10 I don't years, think it million. would. I don't think it would. Mm, 
I, I think, I don't know about 200 mil, but I think you'd have to get pretty close. So Tulowitzki had, what, 10 years, 150 something? Yeah, was this was like back in the day. Fucking 10 years ago? Yeah, this was back in the day. But I'm looking at, like, you look at guys, and Tatis is better than these guys, but like Eloy Jimenez. He's basically Tulowitzki, but maybe better. Well, put it this way. So I'm looking at other guys, and it's kind of, it's, the two don't really compare, but like you look at a guy like uh, Tatis and you look at Eloy Jimenez who got, uh, he got a deal before he even took an at-bat in the major leagues um, with Chicago. You look at a guy like Scott Kingery who was extended very quickly and I feel like Tatis is way better than these guys, Yeah, but I'm I mean, looking at the money know. that they got and I'm like, is it really going to take a shit ton of money to sign him? I don't know if it would. I don't know if it would. I think if you offer him, offer him the Tulo deal and see what he says. You know what I mean? Like, you got to start the conversation somewhere. And, and I hope that they have already started this conversation. And, and I hope that it's something that, that he's locked up to. Because there's nothing more that I want than to have him and Machado here as our core for the next 10 years. Yeah, and, and I mean... You're, I you're setting yourself up very nice if those guys are your core. When Tulo signed that deal... He was not, I mean, he was elite. He had like one off year. Um, but, I mean, his last year in, uh, his last full season in Colorado, he still was like 70% better in league average. And uh, that's OPS plus. So it's not like it's like, oh, I hit a lot of home runs. Like, that's objectively speaking. So you said it was how much? 10 years, how much? It was like 150. 150. I think they added on to it. It was like five extra years on top. But yeah, 10, 10, 150. Like, that's a long time ago. That's Is like, that a good starting point, though? I think it's a good starting point, yes. But I do think you're going to have to push it closer because nowadays... I don't think so, dude. This is, put it this way. Like, Kershaw is on a 30-something million dollar contract. that He'd probably make that in free agency. That's the new 20 million now, right? Like, Machado's making... Okay, well then, Tatis, if, like, turn it down so and you'll if, make 500 grand. So if 30, if 30 is the new 20, I would think, like, if you want 20... I think you have to push, like, probably closer, maybe like 10 years, like, 180. But I think you're going to have to get close to that just because... A, Which is done. still a massive discount. It is. You know what I mean? It is. As if it's you know, still a massive. Dis- I mean, you can give him ten years, two fifty, and it's a massive discount. Like, yeah. He's the best player on the team. It's not even close. Well, and then you get the people who are like, well, maybe he's going to want to take a chance on himself and say, hey, I'm not going to do it. And I'm going to enter free agency but even at twenty six. Yeah, but and maybe I'll get three hundred mil just like Manny got. You yeah. know, like, do you want to take that chance or do you want to be thirty years old and enter the market and having already made a hundred and eighty yeah. million? Or do you want to do like, hey, I'll tell you. What, I guys, would love to have to make that decision. Buy out my free agent years. We'll just do like eight years. Because if he does eight years, he's a free agent. At I'll 27. take eight. I'll Let's take do eight. like eight years at like one sixty. Yeah. And then at the end of that contract, be like, hey, we still want to keep you here, so we're gonna take the eight and we're gonna add like. Yeah. We'll buy out the last year and we'll add like five to it. I'll be whatever, interested. So. I'll be interested. And I feel like right now, I feel like the Padres are probably gonna wait until he craters a little bit because I'll be honest, I love Tatis. Dude, he's got I a four hundred fucking Babbitt right love now. Everything about Tatis, but I do not think this is sustainable for him. I don't think he's gonna be able to keep this up for a long time. He's, he's gonna, gonna come back down high. to earth. He's gonna come back down to earth. Okay, and it's not gonna be like he's not gonna be falling too far to come down back but to come back now? down to earth. But the player that he is right now, while it's insanely fun to watch, that's that's not who he's gonna be every day, in my opinion. Did I think he could be? I don't think he's gonna bat at four thirty three. Eight wins that he's like Mike Trout. Yeah, that puts him in Mike Trout territory. But that's what he was scouted as. Here's the thing, though. It's not like this is. It's not, it's surprising he's this good this quick and he hasn't really dipped. I struggled a little bit the first couple weeks, right? Right. Like, he was whatever. But this is what he's been anticipated as, a superstar. Right. I mean. The only issue when he, we got him after his like first full season was, is he going to stick it short? 
And how's his plate discipline going to do? Now, he's not walking a ton, but he's walking enough. He still strikes out a little bit more. But to me, it strikes out a little bit too much. He's almost at 30%. But to me, that's going to get better. Another out. Huh? Strikeout is just it another out. It is, but still, <laughs> yeah. he is striking out a lot. Um, and he's not walking too much, but he's still hitting the bejesus out of the ball. Right. And, he's been, and his base running is amazing. Oh, dude. His it's base incredible. running is amazing. His defense is amazing. Like, I know Manny says, like, oh, I still love to play short, but it's like, dude, <laughs> stay at third. No. Like, no. As great as Manny is, no offense to Manny, he looks lumbering over there when you, when you put Tatis. When you compare there. him, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's okay. Manny's, you know, he's, he's old. He's 26. He's uh, <laughs> got a couple of bum knees. But I mean, it's, it's, it's a completely old. different player. No, yeah. he's not old, obviously. But, you know, it's like. I think he can sustain it just because that's what he he's it was on there. He's a perennial all star. A perennial all star is a five win or better player. An MVP candidate is probably I guess around eight wins above replacement. I think he can sustain it. I think there's no reason to believe he cannot sustain a pace where he's routinely worth six to eight wins. I I don't know. And you're the war guy, so I'll take your word for it. But I always think he's that, a 65 future value player on an 80 scale. Right. I don't know what more you want. I'll take it. I just, I personally, <laughs> and maybe I'm just jaded because I'm a Padre fan, but I don't think that that's going to hold for him. And, yeah. and again, him coming back down to earth, he's not coming down that far. Like, I don't think he's that far off, but I don't think this is what he is. But I'm enjoying the shit out oh, of it. Oh, yeah, right absolutely. Now, for the record. Absolutely. I'm absolutely enjoying the shit out of it. But Fucking shows up, hasn't played in over a month. It's like he hadn't missed a beat. Yeah. You know, I want to talk, another thing I want to talk about um, is the pitching and how... Or lack thereof. Or lack thereof. And, dude, the pitching staff has got beat to shit this last series in, in Colorado. And you got guys like, uh, was it Ace? It was either AC or Lynn. Someone was saying, Morahone's going to be making his debut soon. Like, he's coming soon. He has to. But if you look at his game logs, he's not, like, each start he's throwing three innings, four innings. So something that really really uh, caught my attention and made me, I was really happy to see it, was when Margavichus and Miguel Diaz, uh, was they were piggybacked. They did kind of the opener type thing. I saw Andy do that, and it was encouraging to me because I was like, I've wanted this for Finally. a long time. Finally! God, we've yeah. been talking about it for years now. I've wanted this for a long time, so I feel like the Padres are in a unique situation now to where they can do that, but they can do it with better players. They can do it with Morahone. They can do it with Lamette, who's coming back very soon. By the end of this month, so we're talking maybe next week in our podcast, we're going to be talking about Denilson Lamette returning to this team. He's very close. So you have a guy like that, uh, Lamette. You have Morahone. Baez has been Baez has been a reliever. I'm actually going to look him up because when you look up look up his game logs, Baez has been coming out of the pen. I believe he's had one start this whole year. Yeah, I, I was looking. At, uh, I could be wrong. Matty had mentioned that, and then I I noticed. Oh, wow, he is coming out of relief. So I'm pulling it up now as we speak. Here. So these guys like they're they're at a spot now to where it's like, and you can throw Paddock in there too if you want to limit their innings. And I know Dennis Lynn said that the the Padres' plan for Lamet is to use him as a starter, but they're in a unique situation now to where you can have a lot of guys throw a little bit. You know what I mean? Like. And you can kind of spread those innings out with quality arms instead of throwing in guys like Mark Gavichis and Erlin and you know, and and the sort. Yeah. So I feel like you can ha- you can add a lot to your staff that way, and you can kind of sure up the rotation. You can give the pen a, a rest. You have Castillo coming back. Like I feel like uh, actually, <laughs> what didn't he come off the mound the other day? Oh, did he? Yeah, he did. I didn't see that. Oh yeah, he came off the mound. Uh, and then I haven't. Uh, maybe someone can correct us. But I, I haven't been too much on Twitter of late, but I'm pretty sure he came off the mound and then uh, maybe not looking so hot. Well, that's fantastic. Yes. I haven't heard anything at so, all. But, but nonetheless. I'm just saying. 
they are at the play they are at the point right now where if they get creative they have a lot of intriguing options and now it, the question is do you think Andy is able is number one able to be that creative which I have quite I have my doubts and number two if he's willing to be that creative I don't know I, I don't know if Andy's be. that guy I don't think Andy Green's as much of an idiot as Twitter makes him out to be I think that Andy Green is not much different than any other major league manager. He was. I, I looked him up just out of curiosity because I'm like, what's the obsession with like Barajas? Like, I'm not saying he'd be bad. Like, I have no idea. Mm-hmm. But it's like he's a minor league manager. What's the obsession? And I look it up. I'm like, Andrew Green won back to back like Manager of the Year awards down there. It's <laughs> like he was every bit as a prodigy manager as fucking Barajas is right now. So it's like, I really don't think Andrew Green's awful. I I think he can like he's shown he can be a little bit creative with how he uses the pitching staff, but. So I think he can do it. It's more of the willingness to do it, and then it, how's the? Because I think the front office dictates more than we know, but than we'll ever really know. So I think well, he it's could okay because it. David Dodd is going to let me know about it when he comes back down to San Diego. There's a lot of internal internal workings that the common fan isn't aware of, but have no fear, guys. He, he's going to buy me some beers and uh, he's going to tell me all about it. Me and mm-hmm. HJ Preller. So I'll I'll be happy to report. Interesting. When, when we find very that out. interesting. Nonetheless. Um, I can't find Lamette's game logs for uh, for this year. Nonetheless, but no, I, I think I think Green can do it. I think it's just a matter of having the personnel. The problem I think too is that like you have to have the personnel to do it. The Padres really haven't had much pitching. This is the first time where we're like, yeah, but do you trust Green to do it now? When he seemingly <coughs> yeah. will have, he'll be put in that yeah. position where he can do it. If they tell him to do it, yes. If they tell him, hey, we're gonna bring him up this because I do think the prospects are dictated. I think they tell like, this is how we want you to use them. Um, that's, so, yeah, I, I think that's a good assumption. Yeah, and so if they tell him, hey, here's how we want him to be used, then yeah. Like the way you mentioned Morahone, um, and we've heard through our own sources that Morahone has an issue with uh, telling, dictating whether or not he's sore or he's actually injured. Right. So the way they've been using him lately has been interesting. So let's see here. The last time he had a long layoff, he went from April 22nd and pitched for a couple weeks, which on the 13th. But up to that point, he's on regular, he's on regular uh, rest. He pitched on the 4th, April, pitched on the 10th of April, pitched on the 16th of April, pitched on the 22nd. Regular rest. Got hurt, came back. So from May through now, May 13, 17, 22, June 5, June 9, June 15, he hasn't gone more than three innings. He went one inning uh, on the, his June 5th appearance. See, and that's so, interesting to me. It is to me too. Because like, like what, what I, does that say? What, what does that say? It it says what it's saying to me for bias too. I looked up bias's info and it's kind of a... Uh, it's kind of similar, so, but Baez has just been since May 21st when he actually got healthy. All two innings except one start, which was on June. Uh, not start, but one appearance, which was in June. We have fans outside. Oh, hey, guys. Hi. Hey. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, but everything's been at least two innings, went two and a third. So it feels like, it feels like, and what we've heard uh, is that they're doing it tomorrow to kind of stretch him out, but also pace him so he doesn't, like, I'm sore. And I think trying to build up his, uh, his uh, muscle endurance by doing this. But also it was like, maybe this is the way to fast track him. Now, you know me. I have said this for the last, how long have we been doing this podcast? Three years now running. I am okay with breaking in future starters via bullpen. This is how we broke in Corey Lukey. Because you can control the innings. You can pick the spots in which you use them in. Get multiple in, multiple innings out of them multiple times a week. right? You can still get six or seven innings out of them in a week. You just do it over the course of three games. You get them their work. They get to travel with the major league team, work with the major league staff, all that good stuff. Pitch to Austin Hedges. 
in the bullpen, ideally. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you get all the benefits. You're just not starting them, trying to get them to go through a lineup one, two, three times, right? Like, you're picking your spots. Like, the Colorado game's a perfect example. Like, let's say Morahone was on the roster when they were down, like, fucking, what, 11 to 6 or something like that? Right. It's like, hey, Adrian, go out there. Just give us two innings, right? Like, we just want two innings. Give us 40, 50 pitches, two innings. Um, just get us through and just have at it. Like, you can do that and then two or three days later say, hey, Adrian, we need you for two innings. Like, we're up, you know, five to nothing. Let's go out there and give us the sixth and the seventh. Like, you can do that. You can do that for Bias, too, and you can do it for Lamette. So, the way I look at it is when Paddock comes back, if you want to just strictly say, hey, it's five innings or X amount of pitches, you know, if you start getting into those high leverage, um, those stress innings, like, we'll just bring in one of the one of the long relief arms. Yeah. And you can piggyback those three guys and basically tell them, like, hey, and tell the starters, hey, go out there and balls out for five innings, six innings if you can get it. But we have these three guys, these three youngins, all throw gas. Bias throws fucking cheddar. Yeah. And he's healthy. He had a back issue last year. He looks healthy. Did you look, did you look up his game logs? <laughs> I did, yeah. That's actually, he's been, ever since he's come up, he's basically been here. I have it right here. He's so, been a reliever. Yeah, he's been a reliever. But So basically from May on, May 21, 25, 30, June 3, June 7, June 11, June 16. So he's pitching every other, you know, every two or three days. What's the most that he's thrown? Two and two thirds. Okay. He's only had one one relief spot where he threw an inning. Everything else has been two innings or more. Yeah. Or two innings. I'm open to guys, and, and I'm I'm a lot more open to it now than I have been in the past. Guys getting their breaking into the bigs as relievers or yeah. long release. I want to see a lot of piggybacks and pen days. Yeah. That's what I want to see. I think you can still do it where you still have your traditional starter. Like if you say, okay, we're still gonna have Paddock because again, pa- I think Paddock is when the roster. The he's not technically the one, but. That's when the roster, the, the rotation to me turns over. So you can still have Paddock. You can still have Strom, um, who's really struggled of late. I mean, really struggled of late. Yeah, it's and been pretty bad. And then after Strom, it's uh, Lucchese, and then Lauer, and then Quantrill. So those can still be your five guys. If you want to throw Allen in there as a six-man rotation, a six-man spot, great. That's fine. But if you go out there and say, hey, look, most of these guys probably, because they don't have the experience and they or they don't have the stuff to get through it, most of those guys, you can just say, hey, we're going to give them five innings, hopefully six, and then we have Lamette, we've got Morahone, and we got Baez, all three of which have been pitching in between, you know, every two to three days, multiple innings at a time. Mm-hmm. We can just run them out there for the fifth, sixth, maybe the seventh, if they're still the first time through the order, and get them innings that way, and then get it to Stamon, who I think is fine. I think he's just gassed. And get it to Yates or Castillo, and you you limit how many times you have to like. I don't mind Whistler, but he's whatever. And you know, you have to find a way if they're gonna still try to compete to get it to the bullpen and not wear out your bullpen. Like Adam Warren ain't cutting it, Brad Week ain't cutting it, whoever the hell else are running out there ain't cutting it. Like I've seen too much of Matt Whistler, which I, th- I mean he's okay, but you know, I want to see them develop guys. I think this would be the best way, and I think it gives them a, a shot in the arm as far as staying competitive because they're getting fresh. Young, high upside, high gas guys. Right. I feel like we don't have that out of the bullpen. Other than Yates, who throws hard but not that hard. Well, I have good news for you. If you want guys to throw gas, Makita was just calling <laughs> up <to> pizza. <laughs> I meant throw gas like fastballs, not throw gases and throwing gas on the fire. <laughs> yeah. So let's. <laughs> little soap bubble? Yeah, let's get to the Padres Twitter segment. And we just passed oh the um, 50, was that 53, 54 minute mark, yeah. which means that Leisure Fryer just completed his walk. <laughs> <laughs> Lord willing, he's back if, from food for less. Yeah, Lord willing, if that heart is still breathing or still beating, he's uh, he's got to be strong to walk out with all that bargain six month old meat, yeah. walking to and from food for less with the uh, 
two fistfuls of bags there. Exactly. So uh, let's go ahead and get to the Pottery Twitter segment. Again, we have a lot of calls, and we do really appreciate you guys uh, giving us a call in. So, And if, if you are not on Twitter and you listen to our podcast, number one, how'd you find it? <laughs> and number two, if, if you want to give us a, a call and leave a message for these Pottery uh, Twitter segments, which um, is beloved by our SDABL manager, Chris Lockhart, if you want to call us in, 619 354 9669. Again, 619-354-969. Call the nice six, line. Nine. Give us a call. Mondays. Um, anytime Monday. You know what? Call us through the week if you want. Because I love to hear the messages. Uh, let's get to what we can get to here. We'll get to a few. And we'll we'll try to keep the, the answers short. Because I don't want to make this long as shit. Okay? The, the Pottery game is about to start. I'm, I want to see how it goes. Hey, this is Jake. Uh, team underscore Thrash. I'm just wondering how late you guys stayed up Friday night waiting for the Rockies to post their final score that they never posted. And, um, yeah, fuck you, Eric. <laughs> How late did you stay up? Uh, Friday night, the Padres got the win. The Rockies at uh, the Rockies Twitter account did not post the final score. Jerks. How late did you stay up waiting for it? You, um, don't, you don't get that active on the final score thread. That's my bit. No, that's your bit. I also don't know how to edit... Uh, GIFs or GIFs or whatever, so I just go on there. I mean, I was up because I put a, yeah. a GIF up saying, you know, to the final thread score, something like charge thing or something, yeah. but um, I, I waited. I was also cleaning, so I probably waited till about midnight when I went to bed and I checked it one more time. I'm like, oh, I guess they're not putting it up. I'm going to sleep. Yeah. I saw a lot of the, we know you're awake because they were liking stuff. Yeah. And pansies. Dude, the Rockies Twitter account Friday night was infuriating. I stayed up till midnight. It was good. It was a good bit to start, but the fact that they never posted it was very frustrating. It really was. It's just like, dude, if you make us wait, like, even, like, 30 minutes to an hour, it's like, ah, yeah, that's funny. And then you post it, and that's fine. But, like, to sit there and not post it at all, and then it'd be like, oh, we're trolling you, derp, derp, derp. Like, dude, that was so fucking stupid. I, I hated that shit. And then you had the thing where, where uh, Woods got in trouble, a little bit of trouble so for posting the, God almighty. the Todd Helton DUI. Imagine and standing for a DUI, a guy yeah. who's had multiple DUIs. Risking everybody else's life, including his own. I hated that, dude. I hate the Padres. I hate the Padres. I hate the Rockies Twitter account, dude. Fuck, Fuck those them. guys. Fuck them. All right. The only thing I want to say is Fernando Tatis Jr.'s got the biggest cock I've ever seen. <laughs> the way that young man is playing baseball right now, unbelievable. And how about another Renfro? Huh? What's he going to play for the Rockies? They'll be having like 70 home runs in a year. All right. Cheers, mate. Cheers, thank indeed. You. I love when that guy calls. Yeah, me. thank you. Thank you very much. So he says, uh, I, I won't repeat what he said about Fernando Tatis Jr., but um, big, big Fernando Tatis Jr. fan yeah. there is. Yeah, uh, big. Yeah, is that Witcho Fryer? I forget what his at is, and he didn't say it. But thank you for calling from Australia. <laughs> and we're Danny, sorry. Danny was drinking water. <laughs> Drinking water. That, mind you guys, Eric does not, uh, for the most part, 99% of the, uh, the calls clips he plays, I have no idea they're coming. Yeah. Most of them I don't know they're coming. No. So I just sit here and listen and respond accordingly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. yeah. Well, so, choked on my water. Yeah, let's go on. Dude, Hunter Renfro, he would hit like 70 bombs. If he played all, if he played half his games at Coors. Slug 790. Good Lord. Yeah, I would love to see that personally. Yeah. Hey, Eric, this is Austin Hedges. San Diego Padres catcher. <laughs> Thank you. I'm getting really tired of your tweets about me. <laughs> I'm the best looking catcher of all time. I'm the best looking person that's ever played baseball. 
You never <laughs> talk about that. And that's what really matters, that and pitch framing. How come you don't ever fucking talk about that? Just because I can't hit a 91-mile-an-hour fucking fastball right down the middle doesn't mean I'm still not the best-looking person on the field. It's really hard for me playing baseball these days and actually hit a baseball that's right down the middle at 91 miles an hour when I don't have Darren Smith anymore circle-jerking me on 1090. It's just really hard for me, all right, Eric? So stop making fun of me. Is he crying? <laughs> He's crying. Is he crying? I'm sorry, Austin. I'm, I'm sorry. not sorry, guy. Yeah. I'm not sorry that you can't hit a 91 mile hour fastball <laughs> or lay off a 45 foot slider. Yeah, thoughts that, and prayers, man. Yeah. Maybe uh, maybe Scott Kaplan will bring 1090 back, and Darren will be uh, back there sucking you off some more. Sweet Jesus! I had a response to that, but I can't even. I can't believe he was crying. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't believe it either. That's a great call. I know exactly who that was. That was a great call. Hey guys. Uh, this is Deeks here at Padre Fan Deeks on Twitter. A few weeks ago, I wrote a piece on EastVillageTimes.com about the Padres potentially acquiring Whit Merrifield to play second base, although having to give up Luis Urias. Merrifield's an all-star. He's making around $4 million a year. So I just wanted to hear what you guys' thoughts are. Thanks, and uh, I hope you don't crucify me for this. Bye. <laughs> no crucifying here. Um, I wouldn't do it because even though he's really cheap, uh, Merrifield's also kind of old. He's uh, he's thirty right now, so you would Merrifield's thirty. Yeah, dude, he's a he's a late bloomer. So you get half his age thirty season, and you get him through age thirty four. Now he's really, I mean, you're guaranteed thirty three. He's got a team option for ten mil at thirty four, which you're probably not going to take because he's probably not going to be that good that long. So um, for me, no, I'm not going to give up a guy who's almost half Merrifield's age, (laughs) (laughs) and who basically profiles similarly. Like I look at uh, Merrifield's. Age twenty is even his age twenty nine year. Like, I don't think Urias could not put up that kind of year. And he's younger, and I think he's got more upside. So yeah, I mean, it's it's not a bad idea given the salary, you know, uh, control and and the cheapness of the player. And he's a good player, but just not. That's that's if we wouldn't have anybody, yes, but no. Yeah. So you guys can check him out. He's on Twitter at Padre Fan Deegs. Yes, um, he actually just put out. Uh, he's a new entrant into the uh, Golden Age of Padres Twitter pod, or Padres podcast. Uh. He put out, I believe it's called the Friar Faithful podcast. So you guys can check him out and go find that dude. Um, half he went like a half hour, thirty five minutes, all by himself. Wow. Yeah, and it wasn't terrible. No. Like the, the last thing, the last guy that I heard go for a long time by himself was Mickey Coke, and it, yeah, not so good. But um, yeah, Dean did a good job. You can tell he's prepared, and he actually had his shit in order. So, which is no surprise because he writes for East, East Village Times, and uh, we're a big East Village Times house here. So, uh, next call. <laughs> Bob Brimley here, announcer for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Oh <laughs> I was watching some highlights of San Diego's Sunday Adult Baseball League and was amazed by the plate discipline shown by a player on the San Diego Marlins during a block. Great ball player named Daniel. I think his last name was Otis. Let me put my glasses on real quick. <laughs> oh, Ortiz? Well, what I meant to say was I've never seen anything more classless, <laughs> disrespectful, and Bush League than I did on that that foot. As a father myself, I'm so disgusted to see you stand up the other team on Father's Day and put the three fans in the stands in danger. Where is the honor? <laughs> he was a big fan until he put his glasses on. Sorry, last name was Ortiz. Sorry, I sent him in. 
God, I wish you'd have posted the second bat flip. I thought the second one was a little bit better. Oh, man, that was fantastic. Yeah, you drew like three walks yesterday. Four. Man. Four walks. I wow. drew four walks and a fly out to left. Yeah, that, <laughs> that bat flip day. game was, uh, that was yeah. on point. Yeah, if you guys sure. want me to put the other one up, the other one I think was a little bit better. But God. I'm sorry, Bob Brendley. I'm sorry I'm not white. Great call by Bob Brendley. I'm that's, not sorry I'm not white. That's fantastic. So an, a next one here is the... <laughs> A next he one finds here. Finds out where my girlfriend's from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The next one here is the. Uh, well, we kind of talked about this earlier, but someone called to vent about a certain pitcher. What's up, guys? SD Fritz here. <laughs> hey, I am so fucking sick of Margavich's toe in the rubber. The guy is garbage. Just throws up meatball after meatball. I don't want to see that guy again. I'm fucking sick of him, dude. That's all I got to say. Have a good one. <laughs> That's all he had to say. He had to vent. He hates Margavich. You know, I don't he, usually agree Margavich with Margavich. Uh, sucks. With uh, I don't typically agree with like half of noted Andy Greenstand, Jesse Fritz's takes. <laughs> also noted Chase Headley stand. Yeah, exactly. But he is absolutely right. Because <laughs> remember, I I not bothered to look. I didn't know Margavich's had fallen that. I knew he was doing bad, but I didn't know until I looked at his first, second, third time through the order OPSs. I'm like Jesus Almighty. Just keep him in Triple A. Yeah. Bring him up for like, hey, somebody got hurt. Yeah. Somebody exactly. got hurt. Yeah. Jeez, I I a hundred percent agree with you, Mister Fritz. And I'll tell you this, Jesse. As as much as you hate watching Margavich's pitch, I felt that same way about watching Chase Headley play. Oh God. And no one was a bigger Chase Headley stand than you. So you can eat shit. <laughs> You can eat shit. Matter of fact, just for that, I want Margavich's back tomorrow. <laughs> tomorrow. No, I don't. Absolutely not. I'm not going to say my Twitter handle because I'm sure you know who I am already when I say this. But Robert Stock deserves to be called up right now. They call a dude up who throws an 80-mile-per-hour fastball, right? And they don't even he, – he, he didn't even touch AAA. He, touched, he only had AA experience. So how are they supposed to call him up and expect him to do great things and you already have – uh, a living legend down in AAA. <laughs> it makes no sense to me. Let's pump the brakes on the living legend stuff. <laughs> on the so, living legend when he was up here. He's he's pissed that uh, that Makita got the call and Robert Stockton. And you know what? I'm right there with you, man. I'm right there with you. I will point to number one. Did Stock even pitch like in his last like cup of coffee up? No, he got caught up for one game. And that yeah, was, yeah, right. This yeah, was like two. Pitched. This was over the weekend. Now. He only threw six innings. That's an awfully short leash. I'm looking up his numbers. Oh, that's why he's walking fucking one guy an inning. Um, yeah, I would have rather much had much rather have had Robert Stock, who I noticed by the way he changes delivery. I don't know if you noticed. Yeah, he goes through the stretch, mm-hmm. but last year he did this thing where he kind of turned his hip in yeah. and then he go forward. He stopped doing that this year. Really? So I wonder if that's uh, maybe that's an adjustment they're working on. But um, I don't know. I. I I don't know what the hell they're doing. I think Makita, maybe Makita's just up because... I don't get it, dude. Like, the more and more I look at today's game, I'm like, you need flamethrowers out of the pen. You know what I mean? I can live with the walks. I can live with the hits. I want the strikeouts. I can't live with nine walks per nine innings, but... uh, Well, I mean, you know. What's Makita going to do? Nothing. You know what I mean? What's he going to do? No, I don't know why they brought him up. Like, if you're going to bring anybody up, like, I get, like, Ronald Reyes. Great. Bring up Reyes. He throws hard. Maybe work with Balsley. I think he needs to change his arm slot or something. Hmm. But, you know, work with him. Maybe you can figure something out working with the major league staff because he's obviously got an electric fastball, like winging her. Like, great. Makita? Yeah. What? Yeah. Why? Terrible. 
Absolutely terrible. And uh, he said he didn't want to say the, <laughs> the handle because we should know who it is. So I'm guessing the Robert Stock report. I'm guessing that's who it was. Either that or uh, Richard Stock. Maybe that was his brother that called. Who knows? Uh, next one here. We got like uh, three more. Hey, guys. It's Devin. So I had a question about the uh, current roster in the future as far as maybe July post-All-Star break. So... How long realistically does Austin Hedges have the starting catcher's position? I understand the defense is great, but I'm getting kind of sick of watching him hack at pitches that hurt his fucking ankle. <laughs> and I think Mejia realistically should get a shot because you don't know what you have there. So I was just wondering what your guys' thoughts on that are. And he went on to leave another message where he says, I forgot to say that Hedges sucks because he's shorter than me. <laughs> he's like, I know Mejia is too, but that's just, it's different. <laughs> it's different. It's different. <laughs> Dude, I've like make no mistake about it, man. I am done. I think uh, I think you're right. I think Mejia coming up. Who's starting tonight, by the way? Hedges. No, 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 no. Lucchese. Lucchese. Okay. Allen's starting tomorrow. So if Mejia is not behind the play, I will be shocked. Yeah, exactly. And right? I'll be pissed. It goes to my theory of, and I know David J crapped on me for this, but I don't give a shit. He craps on everybody. It's like these guys, like Mejia's been catching top pitching prospects his entire life. They don't all of a sudden get worse. They've been pitching to him this whole time. Yeah. Allen's been pitching to him this whole time. Mm-hmm. So um, I think him getting called up, you know, because Austin, it's not like Austin Allen was doing terrible. He's doing fine. And I think as a backup, he's better off than Mejia. So I'm hoping the idea of calling uh, Mejia up isn't just because, you know, to catch Logan Allen. I do think, like, for a guy like Cal Quantra, who's kind of all over the place, yeah, you probably should get hedges. Um, but like Strom, Paddock, maybe even Lucchese, like they can strike guys out, you know, and they're kind of, I don't know how well Lucchese locates, but like Mejia needs to be catching those guys. No. They don't need his help. Yep. They don't need his help at all. Maybe Lucchese. Yeah. But totally, um, totally agree. 150% agree. And I, and I can't wait to see him. So we got one more that we're going to get to there. Hey, fellas. Uh, Thad Schoeniger here. I'm curious, given the latest news about Machado getting suspended for a game, probably justifiably. If uh, our good friend Bill Welke also made sure that um, Strom was suspended for his hippie hair and his stoner inability to enunciate who he's cheering for from the dugout. Um, I think that that's justified. That needs to happen. Can't put up with this shit anymore. Have a good one, guys. <laughs> Can't put up with this shit anymore. Uh, thanks, Sean, for the call. That's, that's fantastic. Did you see that, uh, Strom? Of course you didn't see it. You don't watch the games. Uh, Matt, no, Matt Strom was ejected because Phil Maytom was up there pitching, and he said, "Come this on, Phil." This was Saturday, I believe. Yeah, yes, Saturday. yes, I did he not said, watch Saturday. He said, "Come on, we know we we know we know you." Don't I watched watch. the Friday don't, don't game, guys. I was busy Saturday. Don't worry about I had it. Stuff to do. So he goes, "Come on, Phil," and Bill Welke heard, "Come on, Bill." So he tosses Strom from the game, <laughs> and then and then Andy Green comes out and gets in uh, gets in his face, gets in uh, Bill Welke's face, and then he gets tossed. To which even my wife, who I mean, her as far as like baseball, as far as she's not as into baseball as all of us are, but even her, dude, check it out. After um, Andy Green got tossed for defending Matt Strom, she was like, "Shouldn't he have gotten tossed when Manny was ejected?" And I'm like, damn. I was like, I wasn't expecting you to say that. <laughs> and I was like, that's uh, that's kind of hot. But no, um, Andy Green, like, <laughs> dude, if your superstar Machado gets rung and gets tossed for some bullshit, like, that's when you get tossed. That's when you get tossed. Not with not with Matt Strom. I mean, uh, I'm not defending Andy Green, by the way. It's not a defense of Andy Green. Uh, Machado, he fucking just went off, right? He said, yeah, after he got after, ejected. After he got tossed. After he got, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. 
Like, if I'm Andrew Green, yeah. But I don't think it's so bad that he didn't get tossed because at that point you already lost Machado. He's gone. There's nothing you can do about it. Like, and even though it was bullshit, like, that's the second bullshit. So I could see, like, yeah. like okay, he's arguing, but you can't argue Hit balls and strikes. a boiling point, yeah. basically. You can't argue balls and strikes, right? Unless you're Nolan Arenado, noted whitewashed Hispanic. Unless you're noted whitewashed Hispanic Nolan Arenado, you and you cannot argue balls and strikes. So, oh, I can't wait to see what this is. So you can't argue balls and strikes, right? So, okay, fine. Manny had his day. To fucking sit there and be all sensitive, come on, Phil, you're out of here. Like, okay, yeah. I can see a boiling point. Yeah. He probably should have gotten tossed when Manny got tossed, but that's whatever. I'm laughing because, and I won't put this person's name out there, but I'll say someone from a group chat that we're both in says, and we make fun of Sweeney all the time. He goes, Sweeney just broke down why Tatis is good. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Mark. We appreciate you bringing that insight that no one else can bring. All, all Mark Sweeney. Um, okay, so let's let's get out of here, dude. We're about uh, an hour and 10, 11, uh, an hour, 11 minutes. And, dude, I like when podcasts go super long, I it, they're hard to listen to for me. So I, I want to break it up at this point. One last thing I do want to say. And some of you saw this already from Twitter, and, and I've already gotten some shit for it. I got to meet Wayne Partello last uh, Saturday, two Saturdays ago. The yeah, when are you getting tickets? This was the uh, beach towel night. Um, I got to meet DJ Wayne, and he came to the fourth inning meetup. I was pretty buzzed, dude. I was pretty buzzed. So I was there from the fourth inning all the way until I want to say the eighth, the middle of the eighth, sitting there talking with Wayne. And I was like, hey, I feel like there's a there's still a little bit of a divide between certain people on Padres Twitter and the team. And what has to happen, aside from us sucking you off, because we're never going to do that, <laughs> what has to happen to kind of bridge that gap? And to which he went on to say, hey, like, you know, this is our, this is... To summarize, hey, this is our brand. You know, our jobs are on the line, our livelihoods are on the line, and we can't we can't associate with some guy talking about ejaculating all over the place. I wonder who he could be talking about. And so, I mean, to, to that point, I'm like, uh, all right. And so, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, hey, we can cut down the cursing, maybe. And he said to his point, he said that they don't have a problem with cursing, which I'm like, I'm I'm so sure. I'm like, we could cut down the cursing. We could cut down maybe the Padres Twitter segment. There's some shenanigans on there that we can cut down. Or maybe I can kind of take a step back from being such a dick on Twitter. And maybe what? It'll Please get don't. us. Maybe it'll get us on the field so we can interview some players. I'm like, do I really want to sacrifice? Because I get so much joy from being a giant shithead. Do I want to sacrifice that so I can step on the field and talk to some players? And I want to answer that. No. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. No. So um, we are likely never going to get to that point. You know what you should have asked we'll him? We'll see. We'll see. You should have asked him for our little hashtag Sunday League chat. How the hell do we get the fucking field if and only if our team makes a championship game? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. So anyways, it was a very pleasant meeting with DJ Wayne. Very cordial. And uh, I would venture to say he's, he's a, a decent dude if you talk to him. But... Well, I hear that H.J. Peller just uh, blocked you and has reported you to Twitter for violating the uh, terms of agreement. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So anyways, thanks for tuning in. Thanks for sticking around for us this long. Um, for Danny, he's on Twitter at 5.5Dan. I'm on Twitter at MiserableSDFan. The podcast is on Twitter at 55Podcast. Again, the phone number is 619-354-9669. Leave a message whenever. If you're watching the games, you're pissed. Give us a call. We'll play it on the podcast if it makes the cut. The 5.5 Nice Line. Yeah, the 5.5 Nice Line. So give us a call. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you guys next week. We're out of here.